everyone, it is Sabra from Hoofalls and Footfalls. Sorry for getting started here a few minutes late. I was having some technical issues getting the live stream to work. Uh, so today on this live instructor chat, we are going to be talking about our adaptive or therapeutic riding lesson horses, also horses that might be utilized in physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy sessions that incorporate hypotherapy or incorporate the, the movement of the horse. So um, the when we're talking about horses being crooked or chronically crooked, some things that we might see when our lesson horses are crooked in a lesson is them tending to drift in or drift out going one direction. So say they're really good at staying on the rail going to the left, but to the right they tend to drift in. Um, a horse might have difficulty turning one direction over the other. You might notice that your tack and your equipment start to shift off one way. Maybe your student starts to shift off a certain direction. Uh, they're stiff under saddle when you go to ride them and school them. So again, one direction feels better than the other or moves more true. So we're going to be talking about crooked lesson horses and some of the unique factors that we have in adaptive or therapeutic riding lessons or equine assisted services kind of across the board that might be a root cause of this crookedness during our lessons. Um, so for those of you joining on live, if you want to go ahead and let me know that you're watching, tell me where you're from and tell me have you experienced or seen a crooked horse in your lesson? So when they're traveling down the rail or your rider is riding them around the arena, have you noticed them being crooked or kind of lopsided or tack or equipment moving? So I'd like to know what you see in your lessons when your lesson horses are moving crooked. All right, so chronically crooked horses. This is something that we see a lot in lessons kind of across the board, whether they're traditional or adaptive or therapeutic riding lessons. Um, and and that is because as humans, we tend to do things kind of more one-sided. So we tend to go around the arena more tracking left than we do tracking right. Um, there are certain things, you know, turning left, turning right, we usually have a preference of which one we tend to gravitate to. So as humans, we, unless we take a lot of mental um, energy and you know getting good habits about being even in what we do with our horses and being symmetrical not just physically but also in actions that we do we can tend to be lopsided and then when we do things not evenly or not or you know kind of lopsided and how we're handling or turning or whatever we're doing that can then impact our horses so we might see a, a, a crooked horse or horse that travels better one direction than the other in traditional lessons but especially so in adaptive or therapeutic riding lessons. Um, adaptive and therapeutic riding, those terms are interchangeable. They mean one and the same. I personally use adaptive riding, so kind of for the sake of less words, I'm just gonna say adaptive riding for the remainder of the chat. Um, so in adaptive riding, we tend to have a unique factor, factors that our horses experience that they usually don't experience in mainstream lesson programs. And do you guys know what that factor is and how that might impact our horses? So what's a guess? What do you think is something that manifests and is in our adaptive riding lessons that can have a huge impact on how our horses move and track 
and if they travel more straight or if it's kind of setting them up to be crooked. So um, go ahead and put your guess down. And while we're waiting for guesses, make sure you guys check out hoofallsandfootfalls.com. That is my website where I have all of my resources and education and links for adaptive riding instructors, equine specialists, other people in the equine assisted activities and therapies industry. Um, and there's blogs and videos, and uh, there's also the Intuitive Instructor Club, which is a membership-based group. We have over 60 hours of educational videos. And July, if you are watching this and it is before July or the end of July 2021, make sure you sign up for the free book club where we are going to be going over the language of coaching, which I have it setting somewhere. Oh, I put it away. So make sure you sign up for that free book, um, free book club. That's going to be lots of fun. Alrighty, so... Getting back to the chronically crooked horses, um, a guess here from Christina was volunteers. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, that is going to be one of the unique factors to adaptive or therapeutic riding that is kind of unique to other lesson types when we're getting kind of traditional or mainstream lessons versus what our lesson horses experience in adaptive riding, hypotherapy, something along those lines. Um, I'm seeing other individuals post um, type of horse, disability you're working with, unbalanced rider. Those are factors um, that can increase the likelihood of your horse being crooked, but the unique factor to, to adaptive and therapeutic riding is our volunteers. Um, and we're going to talk about that using my, my horse here. Um, I don't think he looks too much like a slug. I tried to add mane and tail. But with our horses, so this is our, our lesson horse out in the arena. So, when we put a horse next to a person, so that, say this is even you leading that horse, what do horses do to things that are around them? We, as humans, we're a form of pressure, right? We're something that is there, and with our, our space that's around us, with our energy, that horse tends to kind of move away from pressure, right? So if, if I'm here, that horse is probably going to be, hopefully, honoring my space and not pushing into me, but instead kind of drifting away. Um, also, we have that lead rope that's attached from us to the horse. Most of the time, we're not holding right under the chin and directing that chin. When we pull or direct, it's going to tend to be kind of one-sided and apply a little bit more pressure towards that direction that that horse leader or you or whoever's leading is going to be on. When you watch a horse walk, I would challenge you to like just stand out in the barn and watch people walk horses. And what you might notice is that that horse, as they're walking next to their human, their body is slightly kind of bent like this around their human, especially that shoulder and the nose. This is kind of an exaggerated bend, but you can kind of see that horse's body kind of just shift and angled a little bit because they're being impacted by that horse leader here. It can get worse when we have people pulling on lead ropes or they're not aware of their body language and then that's where we get, you know, when we're trying to slow a horse down, instead of the horse slowing down in a straight line, we get that horse slowing down and then we turn into the spiral because the horse circles around the person. Or we try to slow the horse down and then they stop super crooked because we're pulling on that horse. So a lot of the crookedness in our lessons when we have volunteers supporting 
our riders, which is a great thing, but it's just a, a piece to be aware of, is that they can create a lot of asymmetry and crookedness in our horses. Um, and we'll, get, we'll talk about how we can remedy this and, and help kind of balance things out. So if we have a horse leader on this side of our horse, and this is the traditional side, right? Our left side. Why is that our traditional side? Um, I'm going to challenge you guys to look it up on why we usually handle horses from the left. And is there, for those of you listening live or even on replay, is there anything wrong with walking or trotting or doing anything on the right side of the horse? Yes or no? What do you guys do? Um, so when we're walking around the arena, usually going around the arena this direction is going to feel pretty good because again, this horse leader is going to be on the inside kind of slight curve of that horse's body around them. Also, corners. Corners are a big thing because we have you know, physics and geometry. So we have the horse tracking on this track right here, the human tracks right here, the horse has to travel further than the human. So the human is easy, has an easier time usually of keeping up with the horse around turns because horses kind of have longer legs usually than humans. Um, so that horse is tracking nice and even and that person doesn't get left behind. And again, that horse is already kind of bending that body around that human and that human acts almost as like a little post for them to curve around. So as we're curving around that corner and asking our horse to turn, our presence there as a horse lead or a leader helps that horse kind of curve and flow through that corner a little bit more balanced and naturally. Again, assuming that that horse leader is not pulling on the leader up, knocking that horse off balance, impacting mechanics in a different way. Now, when we get to tracking the other way around our arena, making sure you guys can still see that, and we're going this way, what happens if this horse leader stays on the outside? So one, the horse leader now is going to be traveling the further track and the horse gets to travel the smaller track. Horses, again, usually have longer legs than humans. What's gonna happen here? Well, this horse leader is probably gonna get left behind a little bit because they're trying to book it around the corner and because they're left behind, one, their body language is kind of pulling that horse back and possibly causing the horse to bend the opposite way that they really should be going around that corner. Um, and they could even be not just body language kind of pulling them back, but physically might be trying to stay up with the horse and accidentally leaning or pulling on that lead rope to try to stay up with them. So if you guys have horses handled, traditionally from the left and most of the time being led from the left in your class, I'm going to venture to guess that everything going around the arena to the left usually flows pretty smooth walk and trot. Um, you might notice that at the trot, the horse kind of tends to come and curve, sorry, come and curve in because again, as we get trotting or we're trying to slow down, that horse leader tends to pull the lead rope in towards them instead of pulling, sorry, like in towards them instead of pulling that lead rope back underneath that horse's chin towards the chest. So you might see tracking left, you know, corners are great, we're staying on the rail great, but you might notice when things get difficult or there's more complexity of asking for a whoa and trotting that you're going to see that horse kind of fishtail in here because again, it's that horse leader kind of drifting in and then once you get turning, it just, you spiral in. It's hard to fix that. 
I would also venture to guess that going to the right, it is harder for that horse to one, stay on the rail because the, the person, that person is there, horse is here. They're being kind of asked with that person's space and body language to move away from the rail. So I, I would venture to guess that these horses drift in more at the walk, tracking right around the arena if you have your horse leader out on that side. Um, another thing that's difficult going this direction is your horse leader usually can't hear you very well because they're on the off side of that horse. They're also more likely to get squished between the fence. So how can we solve this solution or solve this problem? What's the solution? I would highly suggest, one, school your horses to do this. Two, let your volunteers practice this, practice this because this is going to feel very odd. Um, but what we can do is if we are tracking left around the arena, then our horse leaders are on the left of the horse. They're on the inside of that horse. So if our horse is going this way, this is the outside of the horse, this is the inside. So we're gonna want our horse leader to take that inside track. If we change directions, then we're going to change the side that we're leading from so that our horse leader is no longer here on the outside of the horse, but now they're here on the inside, okay? Um, it takes practice. Uh, a lot of the horses, when they first get introduced to this, they're gonna be like, what the heck are you asking me to do? How do I do this? So it takes a few weeks. Um, depends on the horse on how quickly they pick it up. Some of them pick it up super quick in you know, five, 10 minutes, and they're like, oh, okay, this is not a big deal. I get it. Some horses, it takes a little bit more practice. Same thing with volunteers. Some of your volunteers might naturally um, shift easily to being able to lead on the other side. Some of them might really struggle with leading on that, that new inside or the off side of the horse technically, um, you know, but inside of that horse tracking right. So um, changing directions, there's a couple different schools of thought on this, or I'm sorry, not changing directions, changing sides when you're leading. A couple different schools of thought. Um, I have seen it done three different ways. Um, there is one way where anytime you change direction, you woe, and then the horse leader does like from here, they do like a little showmanship pivot around the front of the horse and they swap sides at a woe. For those of you that aren't familiar with like showmanship or like horsemanship in hand classes, look up a video of it and you'll see like the pivot where you shift sides of your horse. Um, so you can do it at a woe. I've also seen where as you are changing direction, say if you're coming up the, the center line here, the horse leader does the pivot at a walk and they do it in motion. I know a lot of people that's like, oh my gosh, we can't change in front of our horse while we're moving. If your horse is schooled for it, if your volunteers are trained well and have practiced over and over before you put a student on their back, this can actually go well. And then we're minimizing the time that we're stopping. And then we can actually practice change of rein while staying in motion and not always having a halt in there. I have also seen where the horse leader goes here, they drift in front of the horse, and they kind of just drift this way and go on this side. That, while their back is still the horse, so you just kind of drift in front of the horse and you signal to the horse with your hand to go over behind you. That tends to work well for students who are like tied off or offline because that horse leader can drift sides um, with the horse, but not come behind the horse this way 
where the horse might stall out because they're like, oh, where did my horse leader go? And you're also not kind of getting in that kick zone. So there's multiple different ways of changing sides um, while you're leading your horses. The key to it is one, school your horse, teach your horses, figure out what works for you guys. And then you, you have to give your volunteers a chance to practice outside of lessons. You can't expect them to practice like one time really quick and then be okay with this new format um, going forward. So, horse leaders. Um, in addition to how they impact the horse's body, then we get into, well, if our horse's body is being impacted by the horse lead. So say this horse leader stays on this side of the horse the entire time. That horse is probably gonna be kind of chronically crooked this direction the entire lesson. Then we're getting into the domino effect of, well, what effect does that have on our students and the tack that they're in? Likely that tack is going to start to shift, sorry, my pen is lying, um, that the tack in the equipment is going to probably start to shift kind of this way, okay? Because that horse's body is again kind of tipping, rolling to the outside of way from that horse leader. If your student follows the, that tack and the horse and that bend, that student then you might see shifts, that shifts, their hips shift off to the right. Sometimes though, your rider likes to, is kind of like pulled in and like gravitational pull to this volunteer and they might actually start leaning in towards the side that that other human is on because they, they might be communicating with each other verbally, maybe they're leaning in towards them because they like them. Um, so that horse leader is not only impacting the, the body of the horse and the crookedness of that horse or straightness of the horse, um, but it could then impact the horse's body, which could then impact the rider, and it could impact the horse's body, which impacts the tack, which can also impact the rider. So there's like this whole domino effect. So having horse leaders switch sides can also then help that tack maybe stay a little bit more even, maybe help draw that student then, you know, um, body language-wise over to the other side and help balance things out at for both horse and rider. So swapping sides is, is really big. Um, Sidewalkers is another thing that can cause crookedness in our horses. So we have our horse leader and then we have our sidewalkers. Depending on the program that you're at, either rule of thumb of like where you're at starting could be either you always have your sidewalker on the same side as your horse lead. And then again, look, we're causing more pressure coming from this side and so that horse is probably gonna move away. Also, sidewalkers have a tendency of kind of doing unintentional touch on the horse, on the pad, or you know, kind of leaning in to help the rider. So again, we're, we're causing that horse to move away from that person there. Sorry, it's getting to be like scribbles, so I'll try to redraw my horse. Um, some programs have horse leader and sidewalker here. Nothing wrong with that either. Um, but we have horse leader kind of having head and neck going this way, sidewalker then we might have barrel and hind end impacted by that sidewalker that way if they're touching or leaning in to help the rider or whatever it might be. Um, this setup here, if we're going around the corner this way, our horse leader has the inside track, but what happens to that one outside volunteer? They usually get left behind or they have to be very aware of not having to jog 
to catch up to that horse around the corner, which then, if they jog or if they take a fast step or they put their hand on their horse to try to stabilize, to try to ground themselves and keep up with the horse, then again, that's creating pressure on the horse. That might create them to, to travel uneven or travel crooked or, or just feel doesn't, doesn't feel quite as balanced. If we have the second sidewalker here on the inside behind the horse lead, we're help, helping between both people to kind of encourage that horse to appropriately bend around the corner. Um, and this volunteer here is likely not going to get left behind. They'll have to make sure they don't step on the heels of the horse leader. Um, but being able to keep up with the horse is a little bit more easy. They can also both hear the instructor a little bit better as well. Um, it's, so it's hit or miss on your center, your policy, what you guys like to do. I would encourage you guys to kind of actually have it up to the instructor in the situation of if you have one horse leader and one sidewalker, is it here, is it here, or is it here and here, is it here and here? What is it? What do you need? What does your student need? What's the impact on the horse? What type of help does that, that student need? Um, so take a look at the different setups. Watch your horses and your volunteer teams move from away from you and to you. So don't just look at the alignment of your rider, but also now open up your eye, your like field of vision a little bit more and look at the, the how your horse is traveling away from you and to you. Are they traveling straight? Are they traveling kind of crooked? Are they, is their butt and their shoulders straight, but their head is crooked to the side or neck or what's going on? Do you see them kind of leaning into the horse lead, leaning away? So open up your field of vision when you're doing those posture and alignment and centeredness checks to not just the student and that saddle, but also to all the other unique factors we have as instructors in a therapeutic riding lesson. All right, so I'm gonna go through and read through comments really quick. Let me know if you guys have any questions on this topic or any, um, you know, yes, I do it this way and it seems to work well, or um, yeah, I'm having this problem in my class. That might be a result of what we talked about here and, and we'll see if it fixes, fixes things. So feel free to comment really quick. Make sure you check out Hoofalls and footfalls.com. Um, Intuitive Instructor Club, I have a YouTube channel. Make sure you guys like and share the videos, comment on them, it helps with the algorithms and letting Facebook and YouTube know that this is stuff that people want to see. Uh, so let's see, Christina says, for our horses who work mostly, mostly with riders needing horse leads, we practice leading for both sides. It does take some practice for both horse and human, yes. Um, and if you have a rider who's off lead, so horse leader is by them, but they're not attached, I'm also a fan of having that horse leader be to the inside and that horse, so we're always kind of making, I say, a horse sandwich. So we have the horse, or I'm sorry, that's not the horse. We have the fence, we have the horse, and then we have the horse leader on the inside. And again, that, because their pressure, their body language, kind of helps keep that horse off to the outside and it will hopefully help that horse drift in less. We're also not asking our horse leader to walk by this horse and get squished between the fence and the horse, even though they may not be attached. Um, so for my students that are offline, I like still having that horse leader switch sides, um, tracking different directions, because they can kind of then, with their body language, help encourage that horse to stay out or turn in or whatever they might do. So even though they're not attached, we can still, as volunteers and horse leaders, have a little bit of um, 
direction through our nonverbals given to that horse. Maggie said, no, there's not anything wrong with leading from the right. At our program, we have the leaders change sides depending on which way the horse is tracking around the arena, and they lead on the inside. Very nice. Yep, so very similar to what I do as well. Uh, Jam says, horses are traditionally handled from the left because of the side on which the riders used to carry swords. Yeah, so going back to tradition and where a lot of our things came from, um, you know, horses being used in battle, war horses, equipment, a lot of, most people were right-handed, and so therefore equipment was, like swords and armor, was on the left that you have to pull from. So, um, yeah, it's fun finding out the, the history of it. All right, so I'm going to wait here for just a second, see if there's any more comments. Thank you guys for joining in live. Um, there was a comment, oh, the how the saddle is fitted to the horse. Yeah, so saddle fit, equipment fit can create crooked moving horses. Um, in addition to volunteers and in addition to riders sitting crooked, like there's so many pieces, but we talk about saddle fit, I think more frequently than how our volunteers impact our, our horses. So we talk about saddle fit, we talk about, well, if our rider's imbalanced, then that can cause our horse to be imbalanced or be uncomfortable. But we sometimes overlooked the impact of our volunteers on how our horses move around the arena and then how our horses move and carry themselves impact our tack, which is on top of them, which then impacts the rider, which is on top of the tack and the horse. So it's this whole layering puzzle piece and um, hopefully this just gives you another thing to look at so that you can help address posture and alignment issues, um, difficulty staying on the rail one direction or difficulty turning one direction, trotting, staying on a straight line, whatever it might be. So there's, remember that there's just more factors outside of the, the rider and the tack. We also, as adaptive riding instructors, we also have that unique factor of the volunteers. Um, and sometimes volunteers don't realize how much of an impact they can unintentionally have on a horse and how much mindful this, mindfulness they need to have of not only how and when they're pulling on the lead rope, but how they're body language next to the horse or their location next to the horse can then impact that horse that they're working with. Alrighty, so um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this live discussion. Feel free to share this post, uh, like it, comment on it. Um, I love to hear your thoughts on it and make sure you join in next week. We are doing another instructor chat. I will be going live weekly over the summer while my lessons are still slow. And then um, it'll live streams will cut down a little bit. Uh, they won't be as frequent once um, lessons pick back up. But please let me know if you guys have any requests for upcoming topics that you guys want to talk about during the live instructor chat. If it's a longer one, we'll spend more time talking about it. If it's just a quick one, um, I usually feature that on Ask an Adaptive Writing Instructor, and that's just like usually five-minute little chats uh, that I will go over a quick question. So, if you want to ask me a question, ask one in the comments or email me, saber.p at hoofballsandfootballs.com. Thank you guys for joining in, and I'll see you guys on the next live instructor chat.